our sisterhood. And I'm going to give you five points. I'm going to give you five points for self-care. I am an emotional wellness uh, advocate and practitioner. That's just one of my many hats uh, as a speaker, an author, a founder of Women on the Grow, and a shout out to my tribe that's with me today. Thank you so much for watching. I am excited to talk about self-care because many of us know that our mothers and grandmothers and elders didn't didn't know about self-care. They didn't have time, but we are a generation that are able to incorporate this idea of what self-care is and to help defining it for all of us. Because it's not just about getting your nails or your feet done or getting your hair done or having a a bath or going to a spa. That's part of it. But I'm going to talk about more of the inner work that we do to take care of ourselves. And the first of the five points is population. Everyone's going to start with a P. So the first one is who's populating your day? Who gets your time? Because many times we're surrounded by energy vampires and people that bring drama, people that are manipulators. And as a counselor, I find that so many women don't have clear boundaries and they're wondering why they are zapped of their energy. They wonder why they're feeling uh, exhausted and fatigued. And it's because they haven't learned how to say no. Uh, So many of you are givers and you haven't learned how to receive. And that was a message for me. I had to learn how to receive. That's self-care. Allow others to love on you. Allow others to serve you. Allow others to do for you. Learn how to ask. And recognize when the people that are populating your day are manipulators or narcissists. I find that a lot of women are so loyal, so loving, so giving, but they're also blind. And they're not recognizing the patterns of people that are zapping them of their energy. I have one particular young lady I've been working with, and she said, I had to finally recognize that my family member was really manipulating me and using me. And it's hard when it's your own family uh, that's populating your time and also draining you. So self-care is learning how to have boundaries, learning how to say no, and asking God to open up your eyes so you can recognize those that are not for your highest good. The second P is your priorities. Um, It is so important as our earlier speakers were talking about clarity and getting specific. Uh, I think the more mature we get, we, we begin to realize what are my priorities? What's most important for me in this season of my life? Is it taking care of my finances? Is it my health? Is it my family? Is it my ministry? It's important to have boundaries. It's important to delegate. Uh, When it comes to priorities, you have to ask yourself, is this person, this project, this problem, do I need to delegate? Do I need to dump it? Or do I need to do something about it? Those are the three options you have. Do something about it, dump it, let it go, or delegate. Uh, When you know what your priorities are, it gets easier and easier to say no to people and projects and problems and even possibilities that are coming your way because you are so focused. And so many of you know what I always say. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And you can do that when you know your priorities. Now, what is the opposite of not knowing your priorities? It's being distracted. And back in the Roman days when they did very cruel tortures. They had a particular torture called the distraction. I saw this. This particular way of torturing people was called the distraction. And what they would do is tie a rope around each leg, 
one going in one direction, the other direction, and they would tie up the arms, one going in one direction and another going in the other direction. And they would pull, they would pull those four limbs in opposite directions, torture. And sometimes we don't recognize we're torturing ourselves because we're all here, then we're going over there, then we're going over there, and we're going over there, and we haven't set boundaries, we haven't set priorities, we haven't noticed the patterns of our life and the time that we use and those that are sucking up all of our time. Once you get focused on my second point, your priorities, you will stop allowing people to distract you and you'll move towards the things that are attracting you, the things that are compelling you, the things that are drawing you towards your purpose and your peace. But you know what I found is a lot of times women don't feel worthy. So they allow other people to take up their time. They allow the people to take and take and take and take because they're people pleasing and they don't really feel worthy of of asking for a break, asking for money, asking for an opportunity, asking, asking, asking for help. That is not selfish. That is smart. So the third thing is your physical being taking care of your body. Now, I mean, now we, we like to pay attention to how we look, our physical appearance, our hair, our makeup, our lashes, our clothes, our shoes, our jewelry, all that is good. But our physical body, the part that we cannot see, self-care is addressing that, making sure you go to the dentist, making sure you get your mammogram, making sure you're taking care of your blood pressure and your, your heart issues. It's all about uh, getting help When you've had experiences of drama or trauma or depression or stress or loss, most of the counseling that I do is because women have finally said, stop, time out. I need help because I have been pushing down, pushing down, pushing down, pushing down my emotions, my feelings of grief, my feelings of denying or hiding from my trauma. Uh, So many women have been violated in so many ways and so many different levels. And until we get rid of the shame and we put ourselves in a safe place, and that's what I knew I was born to do is to create safe places for women to let go of the shame, the blame, the hurt, and to heal. And that is why I've been called the self-esteem doctor, because shame cannot survive when stories are told in a safe place. And that's part of your self-care. I've been hosting retreats now for 36 years all over the place. Uh, And in those retreats, women have a chance to be in a safe place, to release and to care for themselves. That's an act of self-care, to be vulnerable, to be open, to be transparent and to let it go and not allow the shame to live. Uh, Taking care of your physical body, Um, As Lakeisha was talking about the declutter in your physical space, you know, I can always tell when somebody's going through something, when they're depressed. I visited someone not too long ago and I know she had been going through grief and I noticed that her house was, you know, there was a lot of clutter. And I said, "Mm, she's depressed. Our environment reflects what's happening on the inside. The environment creates the environment and my environment reflects what's happening in the environment. So notice if you're not hanging up your clothes, if stuff is piling up, you don't feel like cleaning, the dishes are in the sink, you don't open up the curtains. Uh, Self-care is saying, wait a minute, I need to 
deal with my grief. I need to deal with my trauma. I need to deal with my depression. And when I talked to her the other day, she said, Jewel, I am cleaning up. I'm letting go of the clutter in my space. And I didn't say anything when I noticed it. I just knew that that was an indication that she was not practicing self-care. Because what happens when we shut down and we don't allow others into our life, we are in a cave and we don't understand how harmful that is. And this is why sisterhood is so powerful. We need to have safe women in our lives that can help us come out of our caves, come out of our caves of depression, our caves of grief, our caves of loss. So that's number three. The first was know your population. The second is establish your priorities. The third is uh, begin to monitor how you're taking care of your physical body and your physical environment. I think that once we practice self-care, and even in this pandemic, you may say, well, I can't take a vacation. And you know, the root word of vacation means to vacate, to leave. And maybe you can't leave right now because of the children or the job or the pandemic or your caregiving for someone, or you don't have the finances right now and you can't just vacate and leave. Well, why don't you have a me-cation or a staycation? I remember during the pandemic, my sister Joy and I said, Joy, let's just get in the car and drive. We don't have to interact with other people, but let's just get in the car and ride up the coast. And we drove all the way to Santa Barbara. It was so beautiful. We had a me-cation. We're going to focus on ourselves and not allow our Ourselves to be living in fear. The fourth thing is to get in touch with your passion. What excites you? What turns you on? What lights you up? And it could be, uh, Barbara was talking about getting her hands in the dirt. You know, uh, it could be taking care of plants or it could be your pets. It could be art. It could be dancing. It could be reading. Find out what your passion is. What gets you excited? What keeps you awake at night? What is disturbing you that you want to be a part of the solution? Is it the homelessness? Is it the environment? Is it politics? Is it education? Is it racism? Is it the children? What is it that you know that if you put yourself into it, you put your whole self into it, you know that you can make a difference. I believe that you were born with a purpose. You were born with a light inside of you. And so often when we don't take care of the population, the first point, our light is dimmed, but it's so important that you identify your passion. What is it? I know I was born for this. And I know as I healed and grew in my own self-worth, I began to claim it. Yep, that's what I was born to do. And at for in the beginning, it's like, oh, I don't want to say that. I don't want anybody thinking I'm arrogant. I don't see that was my low self-worth in the earlier stages of me becoming a public speaker. I had to stand in my worthiness. And that's an act of self-care is to align yourself with your purpose, align yourself with your gifts, align yourself with your passion. That is an act of self-care because even though you and I will experience losses and setbacks and pandemics and people will pass away and jobs will change and the body will change, What doesn't change is your passion, that thing that lights you up. I don't need a watch or an alarm clock to get up. My passion gets me up. And when I do come across a stumbling block, when I do come across a situation that tugs at my heart, it doesn't last long. And I'm more resilient because my passion keeps me 
lit. My passion is on fire. It's always burning on the inside. And so I go right back to that and it allows me to have my joy restored. The fifth point for self-care that I want to share with you today is to read Proverbs 21, 20. It says the wise store up their oil. It is so important to store up your oil. And what does oil do? Oil lubricates, low oil anoints. It's so important that you do not waste your oil on the wrong people.